Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has arisen in our midst. God has visited his people. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Continuing on from the last two Sundays, today we have heard another one of Jesus's series of healings that we find in the first and second chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And as I preached last week in this Gospel, before Jesus tells us why he came into our world, he first shows us why. These healings show us that God is with us, that God is close to us, even and especially when we're suffering in any kind of way. Furthermore, these physical healings that some people experience, uh, they, they, sign, they, they serve as a sign of a more radical and more universal healing that God has in mind for all people. And this more radical and universal healing is his victory over sin and death. As we say in every single Mass, uh, Jesus takes away the sins of the world. And he thus redeems us and sets each of us free to live with him forever in his heavenly kingdom. So that's kind of generally what these healing acts show to us. However, as we did last week, we can look at the details, the circumstances of each of the healings, see what Jesus is doing, see what the person who's cured is doing. These details, uh, they give us more insights that we can learn about what Jesus' mission is here in our world. So a little review from last week. Uh, The healing of Simon's mother-in-law, followed by her immediate response to get up and serve. Um, It revealed to us that Jesus came to heal us of the sickness that our sins cause, which then sets us free to get up and do good works in service of Jesus and others. Furthermore, we noticed where Jesus came from before the healing. And remember, where did Jesus come from before he did the healing last week? 
The synagogue, exactly right. So he came from the synagogue. Those are the first words of last week's gospel. Jesus was coming from the synagogue. And the week before, we knew he was in the synagogue um, two weeks ago, casting out the unclean spirit. So he's coming from the synagogue and does this, immediately does this act of healing, which is an example of uh, the quote I gave last week from Martin Luther King Jr., which he said, church is not the place you come to, it's the place you go from. Right? Church is the place we go from, and that doesn't diminish the fact that we come to church. It just changes our perspective a little bit or helps us recognize, okay, we come here in order to be sent. That's why we come here, one of the reasons we come here. We come to church in order to encounter the Lord in a real way, to be fed, to be nourished, and then when He lifts us up, we are equipped to go out from church to serve Jesus and others. So in today's healing, where do we see Jesus today? Well, he's continuing to go a little, another step further out from the church, from the synagogue, right? Two Sundays ago, he was in the synagogue, casting out an unclean spirit. Last Sunday, he was probably at one of the first houses that's just outside the synagogue, Peter's or Simon's house. But this Sunday, he's healing a man with leprosy, but it doesn't explicitly say where he is, at least not in the beginning of the gospel. However, we hear in the first reading from Leviticus reveals to us where Jesus was when he encountered this man with leprosy. As the first reading said, a person with leprosy shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. Therefore, we know that's where Jesus was. He was somewhere outside the camp, outside the community, somewhere on the outskirts. He must have been away from the town in order to in order for a man with leprosy to come up to him and kneel before him, some kind of deserted place. Thus, by tracking Jesus' movements in these series of three healings, we see him teaching us, right? As St. Paul wrote in our second reading, we are called to imitate Jesus. We're called to imitate Jesus And like him, we are called to keep looking, where's my next step? Where's my next step further out from my comfort zone or from the safety of church or whatever, my neighborhood? Where's my next step to go looking for those who are in some way excluded from community, excluded from the body of Christ? This reminds me of a quote from St. Teresa of Calcutta. She once said, The problem with the world is that we draw the circle of our family too small. We draw the circle of our family too small. Jesus came to solve that problem, right? To redraw the circle of family so that it's not too small anymore, so that it's the size that God wants it to be, right? Just the right size. One time I heard at a talk from Father Greg Boyle, who is a Jesuit priest, a founder of Homeboy Industries, which is a ministry in Los Angeles that helps to rehabilitate uh, gang members. Once I heard at a talk from Father Greg, he explained how we do this. He said, the solution is to look around at our own circle, and then if we see someone outside the circle, redraw it redraw our circle to include that person. 
And then we look around again. And if we see someone else who's outside our new circle, then, well, we'll redraw it again. And we keep redrawing it again and again, one circle at a time. And as Father Greg wrote in his book, Barking to the Choir, beyond cure and healing, Jesus was always hopeful about widening the circle of compassion and dismantling the barriers that exclude. Jesus stood with the sinner, the leper, and the ritually impure to usher in some new remarkable inclusion, the very kinship of God. Living the gospel then is about choosing to live in this ever-widening circle of inclusion. Living the gospel is living in an ever-widening circle. Friends, this is what the deepest healing looks like. Sometimes healing does, thanks be to God, does include physical healing. But it always, the deepest healing always is directed at victory over sin and death, division and exclusion. The deepest healing is always having the purpose of being concerned with the salvation of all. God desires the salvation of all people. Just as these series of healings have revealed to us, it always begins with our own personal encounter with Jesus. Recognizing the ways that He comes to find us on the outskirts. And any times that we feel excluded, or we feel cast out, or we feel somehow distant from God. Recognize that He comes to find us, and then He drives away unclean spirits that enslave us, that cause division, exclusion, and destruction. He grasps our hand, He touches us, He helps us up, and then sets us free so we can do good, serve Him and others. And then we go forth with that commitment of doing good, one step at a time, right? One circle at a time. Seeing that our circles of compassion, love, mercy, and forgiveness are widened and widened and widened, and so that no one is left outside.